It's gone. There's a bear behind you. Oh no, it's a cat. Never mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Papino. That's the she's the three legged wonder. That's what they call me. Richardson. 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 <gasps> Richardson. 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 Donda. Richardson. 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 Emery. Richardson. 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 Welcome, friends and neighbors, to our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. This is Tofery Gator. Over there is Zeus Apollo. Hi, Zeus. How are you? Uh, I ate an entire family-sized bag of Cheeto puffs before I started, so I am simultaneously euphoric and in the most immense pain I've ever felt. Well, I tip my fedora to you, sir. <laughs> and over there is Latin Diego. How's it going, brother? Hey, y'all. We're on video right now, and you should see Zeus's orange, nasty-ass fingers. It's insane. We'll have to <laughs> it's describe disgusting. it for you, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm dude, just, wash your fingers off or something. I, know I really want to just slowly wipe, wipe them over the camera while y'all were watching. <laughs> he looks exactly like Donald Trump from the wrist down. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny, dainty hands and everything. All right. <laughs> the first up on the docket, politics talk. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to go over well. Going to have to edit that out because someone will actually get mad. <laughs> All right, so um, we watched Florida Gator football. How was y'all's weekend? How was the the holiday weekend for you guys? It was it was euphoric, <laughs> having having football, uh, taking the time off, and then the lack. I mean, obviously, we're still in the pandemic. We're not going to get into that, but full stadiums, real football. It felt real watching it. So at least there is that experience, and I, for one, could not be happier just watching. Teams play, players get excited, fans cheering. It was a good time. I took the six and a half hour drive up from South Florida up to the up to Gainesville on Friday. I slept on a friend's couch. I sweat all day during Saturday. Didn't shower and continued to sleep on his couch, uh, and then drove home Sunday at nine a.m. And so it was basically the best weekend I've had in like at least a year and a half. So, yeah, that sounds amazing. Are we sure that the Cheetos are from just now and not from before the game? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Boy, there was somewhere I was going to go with that. Okay, so the Gators beat Florida Atlantic. There was a final score that I don't remember. Does the score really matter in a game like I mean, I guess it does, but we're kind of much. I mean, we wanted to win big. Yeah, you want to cover and all that, but we were watching to see just how the team looked, too. At least I was. Maybe I'm the only one. Scores 35 14. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I just want to develop the real score is the friends you friends. make along yeah. the way. Um, 35 14 was the final. Ah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so the Gators did not cover. Um, so that was a loss for me. Um, general thoughts. Yes, we have what? those. Yeah. Yes. So um, okay, so I've got I've got I've got a number I've got a number for you guys. Yeah, one thousand five hundred and seventy-five. I'm gonna try and figure that out. Is that the number of days since Georgia's last championship? No, that's way too small. It's like in oh, the ten thousand. Yeah. Think think bigger. Think bigger. Think yeah, bigger. off by an order of magnitude. Maybe maybe days since the last time we've rushed for that much. 
Some, oh, some, that some is related. how many rushing yards we had last season. Oh, my God. 1,575. You're kidding. Wow. So in one game, we are more than 25% of the way back to last year's total. I mean, at this pace, which I fully anticipate that we will be able to maintain of 400 yards per game. (laughs) I see no reason why. Through through the Bama game, uh, (laughs) we will be eclipsing last year's total sometime in the Kentucky game at the end of this one. Incredible. Incredible. Well, I mean... Joking aside, if USF is that much worse, like based on how they look this past week, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to jump the gun on our USF preview, uh, but maybe we don't need to keep up that clip. Maybe we can uh, take it easy on Bam. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I mean, that was kind of like my biggest takeaway is uh, run blocking, in particular, mm-hmm. significant improvement. Um, just the execution in the running game across the board was excellent. Yeah, I had I had written down some notes, and one of the notes I wrote down was premature heavulation with a question mark. <laughs> and I don't know exactly what that means, but it felt right in the moment. It I just had right. to put it yeah. down there. Um, I like it. So what what do we think? Was was there some premature heavulation? Are we are we sold, or is it still too early to tell? There was for some. Um, I mean, this pretty much aligns with what. Uh, the the advanced stats that the artist formerly known as Dr. Marty Lawrence put together, um, he's now going by Bud Davis, that indicated that some of the guys on the offensive line who were much maligned, like Gene DeLance, mm-hmm. are guys who perform pretty well in running situations. We just haven't been a run-heavy team since, since Mullen has been in Gainesville, really. And so... Yeah, I, I guess the the takeaway regarding Hevesy for me is that um, he is going to develop a running offensive line, regardless yeah. of what we're doing elsewhere on the offense. Um, yeah, built. So I don't know if that's a good thing yeah. or a bad thing. I mean this this really does uh, emphasize how badly we always need to have a dual threat quarterback in there. I think mm-hmm. that makes. I, I think this makes that clear. Like, yeah, when they're working together with Hev working under Mullen. That's the only way it really works well. Now, it'd be nice to have a quarterback that does everything right. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit, too. But having that rushing ability at quarterback is just huge for the things that the offense is built to do. The offensive line, in particular, is built to do. I was impressed. Uh, they look they look pretty good. I didn't see any, any uh, even issues when passing the ball. I thought the line held up well, too. Now, again, it's FAU. But, mm-hmm. I mean, last season... Okay, you looked it up, 1,500 yards. I don't know what our highest rushing amount was against any particular team last season. Uh, we played Vanderbilt. I did not look that did up. Did we play Vanderbilt at one point last year, or was that one? And we played them, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah that Vandy. was the one yeah. we never even went inside at halftime yeah. during that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can, only, I can only assume that was one of our higher rushing yardage totals. I mean, Vanderbilt sucks. And like so we played some sucky teams, couldn't run against them. So, yeah, this FAU team, sucky team, but we did it right, and – couldn't have done that last year. Right. So I did, I haven't had the chance to look at individual players or individual position groups because unlike some of the masterminds on this podcast, I can't analyze in real time. So I didn't have the ability to, you know, rewind IRL. (laughs) I literally, I literally slept through the entirety of the third quarter of this game. And there you go. I had to go back and rewatch to do any type of analysis. Um, All I could say is, it did so. 
I'm not glad that we didn't cover, but I feel like that was an accurate representation of how it felt in the stadium. I, I'm definitely glad to see that the O-line's doing better. And, you know, listening to uh, Gator's Breakdown, something you should do after you listen to our podcast, because we are the prime Florida Gator podcast. Uh, they were saying that Stuart Reese was playing great. Uh, and, you know, that's great to hear after how he played last year. Just uh, Still, it felt like a game that we weren't going to cover, and that felt about appropriate for how it ended up. Granted, there were two garbage time touchdowns that they scored in the end when they were playing like some of our walk-ons, but I think, you know, just kind of walk-ons versus their effort versus yada, yada, yada. It The score felt appropriate to what happened in the game, which I, I know seems... That's built obvious. in. The walk, right. I mean, the, the cover sort of thinks in mind, hey, we're going to jump ahead and then sort of close the gap a little bit later on in the fourth. Right. I will say there was a palpable feeling in the stands, at least, that even the kind of common fan is excited for Anthony Richardson to take over. Um, not that I want to state that that's like a foregone conclusion. I, I want to see Emery succeed. I was mentioned in the Discord. I, I want to see Emery have his shush the crowd moment. Not that I feel, feel like that's his temperament, but like I think he deserves that after how everybody's been talking about it after one game. But I also would really like to see him earn that because, you know, as as the biggest sunshine pumper of Emory Jones, yeah, it was it was great watching him run. It was it was a new and difficult experience for me to after well a new after a year and a half of Kyle Trask seeing the ball just thrown ever so slightly behind a, a Trent Woodmore in a crossing route. And I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because this whole time, as soon as I said it, I was regretting it that. Instead of getting right into Anthony Richardson, I fucking brought up John Hevesy, and I and I was like, <laughs> I, I felt gross right afterwards. It was that that was not cool on my part. I appreciate you, Zeus, for bringing this back around to the I actual the actual point that we need to hit on. I mean, that's what that's what it's all going to be this year, right? Emory versus AR, at least at the beginning of the year, until somebody takes over, right? You know, shoots off. I mean. Every podcast, every analysis, it's going to be talking about those two and how they yeah. match up. Damn. Who wants to talk about wide receiver depth then? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it. I don't make this comparison lightly, uh, but that feeling when AR came in, came back into the game late, late in the game and was just absolutely facing people it kind of felt like that energy when Tim Tebow came into the game against Tennessee as a freshman Mm -hmm. and was just completely wrecking, like just completely unstoppable and obviously very different opponents. Um, I don't agree with the assessment. I've seen some make that this is like a Tebow and leak situation because it's not at all like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you said, Zeus palpable excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a is kind of how I would describe that. There's a vibe you can feel, like when when a confident quarterback who's just the right guy steps in. Just something about yeah. it, like it just looks right. The offense is feeling it, and I mean, even watching on TV, you can sense it. Uh, and again, maybe maybe looking into things, but it's not a feeling I just randomly get, and I got it. Now I've been I've been a huge AR proponent, so there is a uh, heavy set of bias in there. But yeah, that was that was incredible. It, it is. I don't know if ironic is the right word, but I do find it really interesting or entertaining that uh, a lot of people were comparing Emory Jones to Lamar Jackson before this season. Mm. Um, 
like, or that he could be a Lamar Jackson style. Let's, let's call it that people trying to talk him up and say, Hey, this is, this is what he could do. He can bring what Lamar Jackson brings, maybe not to that level, but that similar style. And I thought it was really interesting that AR came in and basically did that. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you that the high point of the game, despite like the game, you know, there was a lot of really fun things. The high point of the game was in garbage time, that hurdle that everybody's talking about. We are probably the last people in the Gator sphere to, to mention it just because we like recording at reasonable times for people with other jobs. Um, there was probably 50% capacity compared to when we started when he hurdled that man. Oh my God. It was, you know, voice was already gone. It was sweaty. It was sit down time, even though the game's being played everybody on their feet, everybody screaming high fives around. It wasn't even a touchdown, but people were acting like we just people. It felt like the energy in that 2015 Tennessee game when Will when Will Greer passed to Callaway. Wow. That was that was the vibe I got. And it was with a significantly smaller crowd. Ooh. There's just, there's nothing like seeing somebody man have no regard for the life of other human beings in a football game like that. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. What hurdle are you talking about? What? So I'm just fucking around. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> You should see his face right now. It's somewhere between yeah. that was a joke and somewhere between please. Oh, he just, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Sploosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do we want to talk um, about Emery a little bit? Yeah. So Emery, um, he made good throws at times. There were some good throws. I, I guess this is, this is, this is what the Emery Jones experience has been. This is what, I felt watching his high school tape when he was still a five-star committed to Ohio state. He was a five-star initially, right? Mm-hmm. And then he got he bumped around in. there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, when he was committed to Ohio state before we were even in the picture for him. And it looks like he is an amazing athlete and has a strong arm, but is just inconsistent with his accuracy is inconsistent with the ball placement. Um, there were times in this game where it seemed like maybe the game was moving a little fast for him. I think that I'm willing to ascribe that aspect of it to jitters. Um, I think he can work through that part of it, but the accuracy thing, it's the same as what it's been. It's one or two good passes and then two or three that are way off from where they should be are not leading the receiver are behind the receiver over their head in the dirt, you know, just not on target. Yeah. There's, there's a few things that you feel like, Hey, that's either, either a teachable moment, whether, whether he needs to be taught it or whether he just needs to watch the film and be like, okay, I can settle down and actually do this. I know how to do this. Uh, like one of those things, um, you, you know, look, look into different targets as one obvious one, but how he did it, I think he was using his full body and he was really projecting where he was going with the ball. And that's something that Mullen obviously knows how to teach. I do think that's something that you can actually learn how to do right. So maybe that that could be jitters right there, just not thinking about that because it's a big game. Uh, the the accuracy, like you mentioned, that's tough. How, I mean, yeah, yeah, jitters could throw off a throw, but you're either hitting throws or not. So it's it's hard to to judge, especially when when it's been happening for a while. And then the other thing that I really noticed that was frustrating for me 
probably more frustrating than anything is that no matter what type of pass it was, it felt like he put the exact same zip on it. I mean, his mm-hmm. passes were on a clothesline, which mm-hmm. there's situations for that. But man, I mean, if you have that that it factor where you're just where you're reacting to the game and you're, you know, playing, you know, certain throws for certain moments, sometimes you need a little bit of touch on it. Sometimes you gotta lob it over the defender or just lead a receiver. Make it easy for the guy to catch it if there's an ability to do that. Like just put it up in open space. And he's just not he didn't do that once. Like he just zipped it right to a spot. And yeah. um, that's, you know, going from Trask to that is tough. That's obvious. But I think that's something that any quarterback, whether you're Trask or not, can do. And he wasn't even, he didn't do it at all that I saw. There was one moment that for me was kind of, kind of the low light, um, probably the whole game. Um, it was like early third quarter probably about five minutes into the second half. And he throws a pass that was intended for one of the running backs out on like the flat. And there was a linebacker right there who stepped right in front of the pass and he got his hands on it. He didn't intercept it, but if he did, he would have been gone. Mm -hmm. And at that point you're in a 14 to seven ball game with Florida Atlantic midway through the third quarter. Better than going to overtime. That, that, kind of gives me some Felipe Franks type of vibes. Mm. Um, when clearly we're getting, I don't think there's similar players, but sorry, I stepped on you. Well, I mean, we, we were, we gave him basically easier plays. The fact that he's throwing that ball right there is like, let's go, let's go simple there. Let's keep it really yeah. light and easy. And he, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I just, um, I don't know. I, I've, I've also been high on AR as the quarterback of the future, as the, the real star, um, of this quarterback room, and this this game didn't change that. Yeah. So, like, so another question I have, and just kind of in line with that, because we're probably gonna. I mean, most of this conversation is gonna be QB oriented. I feel like with the game analysis, that's, that's I've got some other stuff, fun stuff, but we'll we'll hit on this QB stuff first. That's the that's the heavy hitter right there. Anyways, um, the first two drives, he started off. He looked pretty in control. Um, he looked confident he's reading well. Is it because those two drives were scripted? Did he lose his confidence when AR got thrown in? Because he did afterwards, but was it because of that? Was it because of the scripted drives? Was it because the defense saw, okay, this is what they're doing. This is what he can do. Let's adjust. And he just had nothing to answer to that. Like he just saw the defensive adjustments, saw things he hadn't seen before. And that was it. He froze. That interception he threw into the end zone I believe that was first play back on the field after Richardson had been in for most of that drive, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and honestly, I could I could give a full pass for that. I mean, he's a new quarterback. He's going to throw picks. So that's right. it wasn't yeah. great. Didn't like it. Uh, but you can kind of shake that off and move on, and he just never shook it off. Yeah. I don't want to keep – go ahead. No, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how this – how this is handled moving forward. Um, I don't know if we want to do that now or if we want to save that for later about uh, our expectations moving forward. Um, Well, I I want to circle back to the defense. I don't think we spoke about the defense for this game. I will just say before we go forward, I didn't see anything from Emery that I don't think I could change my mind about come USF game. I, I, I didn't see anything permanently bad about him. I didn't see anything I could, I couldn't reasonably ascribe to jitters. 
Now, is it likely that it's 100% jitters? Probably not. But if we're going for sunshine pumper optimism, if he comes into the USF game and absolutely lights it up, I would be ecstatic. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I would agree with that, although I would probably reframe it as I didn't see anything new that, you know, changed my mind about him negatively. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's a little bit uglier than what I expected, but it was not totally out of line with what I anticipated might I mean might it's one of those things that just kinda of hit on all the concerns that that a lot of uh, a lot of people had. Yeah. A lot of the concerns that I had for sure. Um by the way, uh side note, Malik Davis, I was just thinking about it. I was like going through the players. That dude impressed me. I was yeah. stunned. That was 2017 vintage Malik Davis. And we, I mean, we know he's he's shown that ability, but he was doing it all. Like he could, I mean, he can catch, he can run. He was just he was running with power, with speed. He did he did everything. So if he's cleaned up the fumble issues, then in my mind, that's basically like him and maybe Bowman are the two best backs on the team right there. Now that's a big if. That's a uh, a big if. But I was impressed, really impressed yeah, with him for sure. Just yeah, had, just had to mention I'm, that before moving. Absolutely. I, I didn't really look at the stats individually. Um, there were none of the running backs that stuck out to me as in like a negative way. I mean, um, I, I thought um, Wright and Pierce didn't get a ton of action or as much as I thought yeah. they would. It, Davis got a lot of it. And then I think uh, Bowman got more action earlier than I thought he would, too. Yeah. Um, let's see. Davis had 14 carries. Uh, Pierce had six. Bowman had four, Wright had three, and Lingard had two. There you go. So it was a split 50, 50% Davis, 50% everybody else. And um, man, my, my pick of uh, Damian Pierce early is coming back to haunt me again and again and again. God, that was stupid. We won't harp on it too much. <laughs> we all, it, listen, there, it's that, that draft was filled with regrets. Um, I think we were all too busy, like trying to plunge the knife into each other's backs <laughs> to actually make good. Well, like when you're only drafting with three people and you have clearly very limited options, I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. Once you get your and when, guy, yeah. And when you approached the exercise, having put practically no thought whatsoever <laughs> into it ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's how we roll. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of our thing. Yeah. You get it in the moment. Um, do we have any thoughts okay, on the defense? So, yeah, defensively, this was by far the best tackling I have seen from a Dan Mullen team in an opening game so far since he's been in Gainesville. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that was that that alone makes me happy about the defense. You know, it's um, now that I'm thinking back, most games had better tackling than we saw last year, and I really do wonder if COVID's a legitimate excuse for that. Just how that threw things off. I I thought there were a few games that had defenses with great tackling compared to what we oh yeah yeah i it that honestly may have been the thing that stuck out to me the most about college football in general this weekend was that like it's such a it was almost jarring how different it was to watch games like clemson and georgia where they had you know whatever 17 combined points or 13 combined points um you know as juxtaposed with last year where every game was a, a shootout it was a little weird off-putting almost yeah um pass rush was excellent yeah bogle stuck out he, he had a really good game i thought 
Um, obviously, yeah. Carter stuck out in a huge way. I was just bringing up a guy who hadn't made a name for himself yet, but Carter and Bogle both were everywhere. Moon like, Moon had some good Moon, plays. Moon well. I mean, yeah, we, honestly, we, we should dominate the trenches, and we did. I thought the defensive yeah. line really did well. You know what's interesting? Uh, Javon Dexter, he had, I think, the third turnovers of turnover of his career. And yeah. someone had brought this up, and I had already been thinking it. Um, I don't remember who it was, but he's had three turnovers almost handed to him in a way. Like, it was one of those things where you're like, this is luck, where it just falls to him. But it's also one of those things, I don't know, if, if you've ever played sports at any level, really. Nope. If you're, like, the good players find a way to be in the right place at the right time. And I thought that he was really doing that. Like, I mean, I think he's had two fumbles where they fell right to him. He had a pick that was tipped to him. But if he wasn't beating his blocks, he wouldn't have been able to, you know, get his hands on that. If he wasn't watching and aware, he wouldn't have just reacted so quickly. I've, that's impressive to me. He was really showing some athleticism and awareness there. Right. Yeah, for sure. And how about that big meat, Des Watson, just stuff. Carrying the load. He, like, Kung Fu Pounder bounced him off his stomach. Just like, nope, negate. <laughs> no more running. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching with the wife, and even she let out an audible exclamation whenever she saw him first on camera. And I can only imagine what the rest of the college football world was saying because that's not a sight you see every day. And they didn't even mention in the broadcast that the dude's six five. I mean, this guy is a monster. So yeah, pretty good. To have didn't him on they? Team. Didn't didn't they in the broadcast compare him to uh, Cody? Yeah, the Terrence Cody, defensive yeah. lineman. Yeah, who, who was our broadcast? Uh, Jordan Rogers. He was saying that he's bigger than Cody too. Yeah. He was very adamant about that. About that, hard to disagree. It's a big dude. Um, defensive backfield, uh, so so. Um, Avery Helm. It seemed like they were picking on him. Yeah, he got targeted a lot. Clear target right away. Yep. Right. Um. Yeah. I guess that's maybe something that we hadn't spoken about too much. We always talked about how close the CB two battle was but we didn't talk yeah. about how much of a drop-off there was from CB1 to CB2. It's, I think, pretty discernible. I almost felt like it was implied, but yeah, I would agree. It uh, It's very clear that you have one NFL-caliber corner, and mm-hmm. why would you throw that way if you have um, maybe guys who are NFL-caliber, cal- but not today. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they have a lot of learning to do. They're going to have to figure some stuff out there. Um, schematically, not... I'm not super enthused. Um, it kind of seemed like some of the same stuff that has irritated Gator fans for a while about Todd Grantham schematically seemed like a lot of soft coverages. Um, a lot of just keeping the game in front of you. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's just intentionally vanilla since this is not really an opponent that you have to respect. Right. Um, as much as some of the others. How dare you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I hope we don't see, I hope we don't continue to see that much cushion being allowed um, right off the line because it, it feels like a waste of how much it feels like a waste of how disruptive our front seven is. If you are allowing the opposing team to just like dump off three yard passes, five yard passes at will underneath like one thing i'll say there because i do agree with you overall i hate i hate the huge cushion um there are times and places for it 
And I think that especially if you're trying to mix up defenses and maybe goad somebody into certain plays, I think it can be useful. So there are times you might be using that to set up like a future play in, in a way. Maybe Certainly. maybe allow the, yeah. the first game to get that, you know, jump the ball or jump the route later with something they haven't seen before. And we'll need that yeah. against the really good teams because we're going to need our defense a lot this year, I think. You know, say yeah. say what you will about how it felt like they were just moving down the field constantly. The score was zero on their end until we put in our like third stringers. So yeah, may, maybe maybe uh, Grantham is just galaxy brain to our to our little uh, human brains. It is it is an intentional bend but don't break type of thing. So. I don't know. I guess that's just what it is. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like try to diagram. Oh, well it was cover one man on this one. It should have been whatever, you know, like it's, I don't know. The good news is we have, we have perfect teams to, to face up against to see how our defense does and um, whether or not you want to judge the Alabama game because they're a freak show. Um, there's other games right after that too, where we can really see mm-hmm. where things stand. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed for most of the game. Um, it felt like we didn't get a really like classic Willie Taggart moment, but then towards the end, and I didn't, I didn't really notice this on rewatch. Is it my imagination or did he take a timeout before kicking the ball off? He did with like five <laughs> minutes left in the he game. Did, and they made a comment about it too, I think, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he has. I don't think he's had enough time yet to really get it taggarded up there. I think he's still playing mm-hmm. off the coattails of a prior regime. You know, sometimes you have coaches yeah. that have that in the bad. He has it in the good for now. He'll fix it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a few more taggardisms. FAE is going to be a lot more fun to watch next year, I think, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw Xavier Henderson do some good things at punt return. Mm-hmm. Um. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed not seeing Kyer Elam back there. When you um, when you saw that roster, you're like, man, I hope this is a lie on the death chart because my god, if we're putting Elam back there, that is the dumbest yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, I was much ple- much was more he, pleased with Henderson. Was was Elam back on the kickoff returns? I saw uh, Malik Davis was in front of whoever was taking the kick. Jamarcus Weston took one, and I'm sure one or two others did too. But okay. Yeah, I, I think that was the right move. Um, while I'd like to see Fenley Graham because that's the kind of guy you brought in, and he's got sort of that punt return style mindset from you know high school film. Uh, Henderson, I mean Henderson's a perfect type of player to get in there. You know, young receiver, superstar moves, and right now, I mean, he's getting on the field, but he's not necessarily a starter. And there's other players of similar level that are kind of you know right there with him. Unlike Elam, where he has no alternatives if any issues happen. Yeah. Um, okay. That, uh, that pretty much exhausts my notes. Yeah. So moving, moving forward here, let's, let's get into the, uh, the thing that everybody's here to talk about. Uh, what do we want to see at quarterback going forward? What do we expect? I mean, do we really think that there's any chance uh, we know this answer that Anthony Richardson takes over now? No. Obviously not. Mm. Uh, but is there a chance that he takes over by, say, mid midway through the Alabama game? Do we think Mullen could do that? Would do that? There is a chance. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> in, in fact, I would say in I would say that. 
Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say that's probably what I would be leaning towards. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would I would lean towards he starts against USF and we continue to see split time. And I think they probably give Emory the start against Bama as well. Unless it's just a real shit show this coming week. I'm with you. Unless there's this just the most insane thing. I don't see any chance that they're gonna throw Anthony Richardson in against Alabama, at least initially, right away. Like they've been training Emory for this. And Mullen's not the type to just throw a young guy in and ruin him right away. I, I just right. don't see that happening. So yeah, maybe he could take over mid game, but that like the earliest I could see AR taking over would be at some point in the Alabama game where he comes in for whatever reason, maybe Emory is playing poorly or maybe we need to mix it up and then he just never lets go and that could happen. But yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, seems like we're in agreement there. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, here's the, uh, the flip side of that. Is there, do you see a scenario where, where AR does not take over this season? A legitimate scenario. Like, um, yes. Yeah. Just just Dan Mullen being Dan Mullen and playing the guy who is like serviceable and older over the guy who is explosive and younger. Is there I, any way that, that we'd be okay with that? I feel like that's kind of okay. That's asking if you're okay with just Dan Mullen's tenure in general. That feels very Dan Mullen-esque of like, hey, we haven't gotten to a natty yet. Gotten to a bunch of really good bowl games. Hey, we haven't put in the generational QB without an injury forcing you to, but we eventually play him. I'll put it this way: I like yeah. I, I like the way that you're phrasing these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a scenario where that could happen. Um, I'm, I'm really yeah, there's a scenario this, where I'd be okay with. It. I'm really bad at this interviewing thing. I'm trying I'm trying to get these leading questions to actually give you a chance to get a good answer in, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, these are like the most <laughs> leading of questions at, at all. This is this is not my forte. I need some interview school, clearly, along with improv school. We'll get there. We'll get there. And, yes, uh, and see where that takes. Yes, us. and yeah. I think that probably is true for all but, of us. But I mean, okay, so so let's let's give the hard yes, question. And Zeus, avoid it. Zeus I'm what? asking you directly. You directly because you avoided this. Yeah. Are you okay if with with the scenario of Emory Jones starting the rest of the year? Let's see if I can counter my best Dan Mullen impression. Well, you see, they get the players going where they need to. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, let's. We have other quarterbacks. We have, on the huh? What? Um, would I be okay <laughs> with that? I'd be okay with that. Only okay if Anthony Richardson continues to be the obvious answer. I think I'd be okay with that through the first six games. Like I, I as a fan if Anthony Richardson is the obvious choice, would be okay with that through Bama because at least three weeks you have the benefit of the doubt of saying like, well, we were trying our best. If if he's the clear answer and he's not the starter by Georgia, then I as a fan would have an issue. I feel like me as an outside observer of Dan Mullen, the head coach, sees the identity he's trying to put together as a program and the intention is not to win at all costs. The intention is to incorporate some level of fairness and like integrity and honesty with his senior players who he promises time to eventually. And like me as a person, I'm like, well, dang, that's the kind of person I'd want to play for me as a fan. I'm like, well, dang, guess we don't get to see the statue of Anthony Richardson in his sophomore year. And I will, (laughs) and I will give a slight counter because I, I disagree with the way that you, 
you framed it. And I mean, it's not necessarily wrong in actuality, but I, I don't think it's really him focusing on fairness and honesty so much as I think he is, he emphasizes commitment and team, like the team leadership and all that. And I think sure. that that's a big part in building like this big it's about- team rather than just, Oh, I'm, I'm doing it because it's a fair thing. So sure. Sure. It- it's about loyalty. I mean, that's like the Urban Meyer thing is you are loyal to the people who have been loyal to you to a fault at times. And it and it can um, it can produce buy-in team wide. Like there is a sure. benefit to it. Sure. Some benefit. I mean, the downside being you might miss out on more AR Heisman runs, um, which we all want to see every single game. Yeah. Um I don't know. Right now I'm I'm just excited to see where it goes. I'm just a fan, um, man. I'm just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I'll, okay. I want to. I think we'll be able to make more astute analysis after the USF game. Uh, yeah, there's there's going to be some heavy judgment. I, yeah, I yeah. Analysis after USF, but I think I think after the Bama game is when you're really going to start getting the people calling for it if it hasn't happened, or the people that are saying, you know what, we're good. Yeah, I I want. I feel like Go after ahead. Bama game, you will know what the season is. You will know what this team is. You will have all the answers after the Bama game. I feel like after the USF game is probably the best time to try to make predictions that not everybody, like me thinking as somebody who has to like make opinions out loud sometimes for the fun thing that we do with my friends. Um, I think US post USF will be like a good time to do that speculation after Alabama. I think the whole, the whole of, Gator Nation is probably going to be on the same boat, whether that be AR is the answer or Emory Jones uh, just had the Jitters game one. And I think we could flip a coin as to whether or not the uh, the whole of Gator Nation includes Dan Mullen in that scenario. Yeah. If he is on that boat. <laughs> yeah. I, I vow to lock in to a hot take about the quarterback situation by the end of the third quarter of the USF game. All right. And, and we will, we will all hold each other accountable. We will all make our, our analysis. We will lock in our hot takes and we, we have to keep it regardless of what happens. Uh, in that Absolutely. This vow is a limited time offer and may be revoked at any time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is that, is that enough? We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this this season. I think we're, we're all looking forward. We'll see both of them next game. So let's, uh, we can move on from that unless anybody else has more thoughts on the QB room. No, I'm good. Um, okay. So we wanted to go into some of the other games around college football. Is that where we're going with this? Do we want to start with Georgia or do we want to start with Florida state? I never want to talk about either, but unless, unless of course it's in a, uh, a mocking manner. Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm really disappointed in uh, in Notre Dame for sucking so much. They 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 really, should all be executed. I mean, I I see no, nothing wrong with what Brian Kelly said after the game. I don't see why people were upset <laughs> about that because I agreed fully with him that um, they did deserve execution afterwards. Yep. And, um, yeah, I stand by that. Me and Brian Kelly stand together in this one instance. <laughs> um, yeah, boy, that was that was disappointing. Um. I guess uh, my takeaway would be that Florida State has improved to the point, and we saw this with them against North Carolina last year, where they have improved to the point where they're like competent, and you can't just go to sleep midway through the game. It, these are these are not the Taggart days, and it's sad. It's not yeah. the yeah. same level. Like they're still not good, but no, they're no longer the not. clown show. 
like their colleges would imply. Yeah. yeah um, Mackenzie Milton, is that sustainable, do you think? Or do you think that was a situation where, um, like, Treon Harris going into the game against Tennessee in 2014, where they just weren't really prepared for it? It's, weren't expecting it. It's really tough. It's kind of like wondering if um, what we saw with AR sustainable because you only saw so much. The defense didn't have time to adjust or get ready for it. Uh, clearly, their defense was in some kind of weird prevent. I don't know what they started doing, but they switched up the defense. And I mean, yeah, FSC was calling decent plays and they mixed up the quarterback, but it's really hard to tell. It, I mean, is, is Milton the quarterback going forward? I don't even know. Um, do we? Do we? I don't. I mean, like what? I, why do you? Why would you go back to Jordan Travis? Why would you go to Jordan Travis in the first place? If you're terrified I mean, I, that I, Milton's going to have his leg snapped and pop in half, yeah, like, that would be the only reason, right? Well, that's. I, I mean, I'm constantly you take, if you're if you're worried about that too. So right, yeah, I am constantly um, fearful that he's going to take a sack and there's going to be some kind of tragic story. Like I, I hate Florida State so much, but I don't want to see Milton play because the one thing I hate more is watching the hypothetical playing out in my head happen live on TV. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't want to see that. Um, but like Jordan Travis is bad. Yeah. He's not a quarterback. Is he bad? He's, he sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of there is a theme this year. We talked about how in, in college football games in general, the defense was much better. Something else I've kind of picked up on, and there's always this to an extent, but it's exaggerated this year. Um, across the country, there are quarterbacks who somebody should have taken aside like two years ago and said, listen, man, you're a great athlete, but this is just not going to work out for you. It's You're not a quarterback. Um I mean, like, Jesus, there's probably three of those guys on FAU's roster alone. Yeah. Kosey Perry? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Why? Why? I mean, he's got a, a free education, but, like, I don't know. You have the athletic ability to play another position at a higher level, probably. Do yourself a favor. Let this dream go. And, I mean, Jordan Travis is, I mean, he's Treon Harris reincarnated. Can we, can we uh, attribute some of that to the success of maybe some more mobile quarterbacks in the NFL that more guys are unwilling to do that. Cause maybe somebody has pulled them aside and then the guy's like, well, I'm out then I'll transfer. And yeah, teams, right. Teams are like, shit, you called my bluff. All right. <laughs> you can say <laughs> you can start fine. I, yeah. The, the, that is happening a lot. I think it's, it's exaggerated this year because of the changes in the transfer rules over the past three or four years, plus the free COVID year that everybody got. Plus, you quarterbacks know, it, are just it, really bad this cycle. Like, there's just not there are not many superstar quarterbacks. So I'm just focused on all the bad ones too, which is entertaining for me. But yeah, I guess we we saw some of that too with uh, Derek King, um, just getting annihilated by Bama. I mean, it is Alabama, so I have to. I always have to keep that in mind because they can really just completely de-pants anybody. And make yeah. make the best look horrible, but I just never I never really bought into the the King Heisman hype. Just like I didn't buy into anybody playing for Georgia Heisman hype. Is that an excellent segue into talking about how JT Daniels is clearly not the answer? So yes. zero zero offensive touchdowns for that superstar offense that they were hyping up big time. That they have all these 
all SEC players, and even with the three SEC, all SEC wide receivers and tight ends that are out, they still had two more all SEC tight ends that, oh, wait, they didn't do shit. Oh, this uh, Heisman quarterback, he didn't do shit. What's up with that? The five-star offensive line, they didn't do shit. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe Clemson's that good. Clemson I only the had... Patriots of – they're the Patriots, literally, on defense. I only had, like, I don't know, 15 minutes of eyeballs on that game. Maybe a little bit more than that. Was it Was it just bad offense? I think you're going to get that same that same answer from all Gator fans. I didn't watch that. I hardly watched any of that game. I just kept up with what was happening. So my mockery is based on results. I cannot say how, how awful they looked. Yeah, the, the only part of that game that I caught was what they played in the stadium, which – uh, you know, the Gator social media team deserves all the hype in the world, but whoever decided to show as the one out of like games around the nation clip, the, the person who decided to show the pick six that Georgia played, I don't know what they were thinking about. Like, you know what Gator fans really want to see right now? A pick six by Georgia against Clemson. But yeah, that, that was the one clip that I saw. Uh, but having listened to a few other people talk about it, it seems like they aren't quite ready to call the offense trash. I think the only offense or even offensive player that got a little bit of heat was maybe DJU and people talking about how DJU isn't the way, you know, joking aside from what I said earlier, I haven't heard JT Daniels catch much heat yet. Um, But maybe we see that develop a little bit. Maybe, uh, maybe we don't want people talking about it. Maybe we don't want them figuring out how bad they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I am happy with the narrative that came out of that game, which is a lot of people just anointing them as like, you know, straight straight through the schedule undefeated, straight to Atlanta. And the real question is, can they beat Bama? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I can't see having that takeaway, having watched a, a team struggle to score any offensive points. But three offensive points. Does yeah. it? Yeah. So th- did has Kirby officially proven that he is not just the reincarnation of Will Muschamp? He's, he's what's the reverse version of the um, so-and-so is dollar store version of so-and-so like Will Muschamp is dollar store. Premium, Kirby Smart. premium Muschamp. Name yes. brand. So yeah, yeah he's, Name brand he's like Muschamp? whole foods Muschamp. Ah, there you go. Oh, okay. Okay. Not Trader Joe's you Muschamp. Know? Whole foods. Yeah. yeah, he's it, like certified, like organic, yeah, um, GMO free. Would you go that far? Maybe, uh, maybe he's like the Target version of Muschamp. Muschamp yeah. Walmart is Target. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, I think that's about what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's pretty much right. It's on. hard to think otherwise. I mean, there's I, they they could have all the excuses in the world. There's zero excuse to put up zero touchdowns um, in three total points outside of the pick six three points honestly even just like if you don't score a touchdown on clemson but you put up like four or five field goals at least you were getting that at least you were getting into good field goal position they got a field goal against clemson like maybe they would have gotten more if they still had their douchebag goggle wearing kicker (laughs) (laughs) fuck the colts hell yes um so what else happened around the country? Uh, oh, you. LSU lost. LSU, yes, thank God. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was fun. Uh, that 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 is one of my wins for the week. Uh, picking LSU to lose straight up, and boy, did they! This 
the sissy blues came and stuck it to him, didn't they? That was uh, that was yeah. something else. So the if real question see- now, well, I, the real question now becomes: uh, Can can LSU delay firing Orgeron long enough to be in a good situation? Because let's lay out something for you right now. I mean, if they fire him in the next couple of weeks for being a shitty coach and for stuff coming out about you know all these issues and all that, like if that all comes to fruition and he gets fired, they got to hire an interim coach, right, to finish out the yeah. season. Interim coach almost guaranteed to be somebody who's on the staff currently. Like they don't, people don't just go like, "Oh, I'm going to hire this random dude out there." This investigation's still ongoing. If Ogeron gets fired for that, that means they're going to have to clean house afterwards too. So that's going to be like two house cleanings basically in in a couple year period. That's like worst case scenario for LSU. It's like the nightmare. I think right now they're trying to hold on basically, and losing this game does not help that. No, I like it. Yeah, it makes me happy. I'm pretty okay with it. Um, I, I uh, did not shed any tears whatsoever. Uh, UCLA UCLA looked pretty good. Um, I mean, it wasn't just that LSU was shitty. Like They looked pretty decent. It seems like Chip Kelly being a quality football coach is finally coming to fruition there. It only took four years, which you know sounds like a joke, but for what it's worth, I couldn't do it in less than 10. That's true, yeah. I mean, I've played a lot of NCAA in my time, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably harder in real life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the NCAA, I'd turn my team around in, you know, two years or so. So I'd give it an extra year maybe for me. But everybody, no, I, yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's impressive, especially with how uh, how he's been recruiting, which is at a very low level. So clearly he's doing the whole, I'm getting system guys, and he's finally got a little bit of buy-in. You know, the Dabo method that everybody likes. He's, he's Pac-12 Dan Mullen. <laughs> oh, no. yeah or something um there any other games talked about florida state talked about miami georgia tennessee did all right i guess there were a lot of teams that lost to fcs teams that was fun vandy got embarrassed that's less fun washington got embarrassed is vanderbilt gonna win a game this year no yes because they play uconn Ooh, well, now that—that's a game worth watching, game. folks. Circle yeah. that on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. If if UConn beats Vandy, does their new head coach get fired before the end of his first season? No. If Vandy, Vandy doesn't have dignity like that, I think if yeah. UConn beats Vandy, then Vandy should have to hire Randy Edsel as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that would be funny. Um, maybe what if UConn turns it around now that Edsel is out of the picture? It'd be kind of wild. Yeah, so that's a that's a cripple fight, as they say on <laughs> South Park. Apologies, I believe that's a no no word. Uh, South Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, that's the one. Um, okay, so are we ready to move on to USF? Sure. Yeah, this will be about as short as my FAU preview. Um, this will be about as short as my day. <laughs> Jesus, microscopic! Wow, we're already. Um, <laughs> Nobody mentioned it in the intro, so. Damn. I'll have to edit it in. Um, <laughs> Make that the cold. I'll open. have to edit in your dick. Not as short as Oh Lord! Uh, yeah, the only prep I did for this was watching the score of them against NC State, and that tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, seeing uh, USF last year, what they did, and seeing what they started this year off with. Honestly, I don't know if we like. 
I don't know if Florida could have come up with two worst teams to, to play to open up with if they, unless they just went straight to the FCS. Like this is about as bad as it gets for reasonable teams that we could play FAU with Willie Tiger and then USF afterwards who might actually be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. They probably are worse. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. This is, I would be very surprised if this is a close football game. Um, they're really bad. Yeah. might actually, is that, I think they are convincingly worse actually. Is that residual Charlie Strong that has gotten in the walls and is going to take a lot of remediation? Or is Chad Scott, is that his name? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Scott. Scott. Close enough. He looks like a Chad. I think he mixed up. I combined Morris him with, and- uh, yeah, Chad Morris. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Is Is he like a big time coach as advertised or is this... Because I mean, I don't know. They don't look any better than last year, and they were bad last year. I think I think I was telling you about this that uh, I had heard through the grapevine that there were some major concerns when he first came in, like major major concerns. And yeah, we've seen Charlie Strong wreck a team and have them suck afterwards. But this this is also sort of playing in line with that. Now, is this his first season, or did he did he go second second? So yeah, then yeah. he's had enough time to figure it out. That's plenty of time. Um, <laughs> I mean, not not enough time to turn it. Down. I mean, yeah, no, I, I know but, what you're saying. But enough time to not be losing by 50 points to who do you lose to again? And NC State, I mean, which to be fair, yeah, they are projected as probably like a top 20 ish type of team this year, right? So, but man, that's rough. Yeah, we should be winning yeah. uh, by a similar amount. This you should be able to score points against NC State's third string at the end of a game especially with the guys i mean these are these are florida kids there's some fast dudes out there and they they have some pretty good transfers too i don't remember who but i know they've taken some p5 dudes that played okay yeah i think jaron williams is there but i don't think he's playing i think it was the other kid from uh unc i can't remember his name um but yeah he's you know they've got power five transfers i just did all the research i plan on doing uh they're, they had three years of Charlie Strong, four years of Willie Taggart, and then three years of Skip Holtz. Uh, like, broken program? A program that has made some very bad missteps. I mean, there was a point where it looked like USF was the better of the UCF-USF combo. And four miserable coaching hires later, or three, I guess, but maybe four. I mean, that was yeah, just a one shining Quentin Flowers. Ooh. Yeah, they've been a they've been a rough spot without him. Yeah, boy, he yeah. I mean, has it, has another program been so like completely carried by one individual player, Louisville, like Quentin Flowers, over the past few years? Louisville, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I was gonna make a Tim Tebow joke, but I didn't wanna. Ah, <laughs> uh, there aren't. That feels bad. There aren't a lot of those though. Like where it's just yeah, like the shit program that comes out of nowhere. I'm trying to think. I mean, Auburn when they had Cam for that one year, and then they didn't, and then he yeah. got fired. But even then, they still had some decent players. I mean, yeah, they sucked, but not like, yeah. oh, I'm, it, I'm a dumpster program. Yeah. Oh, look, I have like, this quarterback. It, oh, I'm a dumpster again. Yeah. Right. It's I, the, the, uh, the parallel there would have been um, if Gene Chizik had gone on to bigger and better jobs from Auburn because that's basically what happened with Quentin Flowers and Willie Taggart. Yeah. Like it launched Willie Taggart into tens of millions of dollars from Oregon and Florida state. Oh 
Willie Taggart needs to split his salary with Quentin Flowers. Yeah, for sure. I Absolutely. Mean, Oregon's got to be just breathing the biggest sigh of relief on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Okie dokie. Um, so the line on this game last I checked was at 28. Ooh, that feels low. Round numbers are not fun. Let's call it 27 and a half. I mean, NC State just blew that out of the water, and I hope we're better than NC State. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is a home game for the USF Bulls. Oh, true. Oh. This, the the unfriendly confines of Raymond James Stadium. Is it still called Raymond James? It is. I believe so. It is. And, um, you know, wide open, there's a pirate ship. It's a very intimidating stadium. Pirate ship. <laughs> Pirates are scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's worth like a touchdown at least <laughs> um yeah i think we cover this yeah, i think we yeah, no question in my mind we're covering and and i think i'm pretty sure i took us not to cover this last week i thought there were going to be some offensive issues but uh this week there might still be some i think we'll clean a little bit up and usf is god awful um vegas knows something too they yeah they said it at it was 29 at one point. I don't know. Is it? What did you say? 26 now? It was. Let's see. I don't know, I'm just making sure. It was that. 27 and a half at one point. I think it's 28 now. Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely take us to cover. And that's actually much more confident than my last week of taking us not to cover. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the only thing that I can imagine happening is if we put in third stringers again and they get some garbage time touchdowns. Uh, I mean, this goes back to what I think we were saying about Emory uh, during our FAU analysis. I saw a lot of the same of what I saw of him, but if he just learns to throw to the right spot for a crossing route, which, which you hope he does, if if he cleans up those really small things, then that's like an extra two touchdowns I think we got we get out of the FAU game. You know, he cleans that up. We play consistently. I see this being like a 30 eight to seven type game. Okay. Um, I would call it, um, I would call it like 42 to 10. Yeah. I think they'll find a touchdown in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like 47 to 10 somewhere in there. I'm, I'm really high. And I think, I think we, I'm not high personally right now. I'm really high on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hey, hey, smoke weed every, every day. day. Even with uh, the offensive issues, I think that we're going to score a lot of points, come out to a big lead, and even if they sort of close it down a little bit later on, it's still a blowout, too big of a blowout early on to come close. Okay, how about this for a fun question then? Uh, who is our leading, leading running back this game? Well, uh, w- leading running back sure. or leading rusher? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I was going to say running back because I specifically am interested to see if they keep riding okay. Davis's hand or if we start switching it up to Pierce. Because I, I guess this is now where we start seeing what how they handle having five stud running backs. Of that, Davis was clearly the the the, cow, the bell cow. What's it called? Cowbell? Shit. Bell uh, cow. Bell cow. Bell yeah. cow. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Hey, Davis was clearly the bell cow last game. Do they keep that up? And if that is what happens kind of what happens to Pierce, you know, like he was our running back one for quite a while. Uh, do we just let our running back one kind of fizzle out and become our running back two or three in his final season? Um, that doesn't seem very Mullen-esque. I, I think we see a lot of Pierce this game, 
And I think we see a little bit more right. Um, and then if, you know, we start getting third, like maybe if the, the game plan changes up a little bit towards the end, just in terms of throwing in our backups and stuff, then we maybe see some more Lorenzo Lingard and more uh, Bowman. By, by the way, I think I kind of let it slip um, when I was thinking about it earlier. You were saying somebody mentioned or somebody asked if there was any running backs with a disappointing game. I only remember one of the two carries that Lingard had, and I remembered it didn't go for much. So I guess maybe Lingard had a quote unquote disappointing game, but like with two carries, right. How can I really say that? Yeah. So to to go back to the question that I asked a while ago and then just spoke on, because I guess that's what I'm doing tonight. uh, Who, who do we think is our leading running back? Number one, feel free to ramble. Feel free to rant. I do it all the time. It's part of the identity of the program. I feel like you don't do it enough. <laughs> I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear the thoughts from one Zeus Apollo. Uh, it's, you have interesting things to say. It's have just, some confidence. It's just smoke weed every day on, on loop. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, fair enough. I mean, well, hey, that's uh, not a bad way to contribute to society. Um, yeah, I think... You know what? I picked him first of the running backs. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Naquan Wright. Well, first of my running back picks when we did the draft. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Naquan Wright has a good game here. Yeah, despite picking Pierce and wanting to say it's going to be him, I I see. Uh, I think Davis is going to be the guy this year. I don't see why we would have ridden him like we did last game, and we're going to just randomly mix it up. I know that you know guy stayed and all that, but he's uh, he's one of the few team captains. So I, yeah. I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, so we had talked about doing some sort of a redraft or free agency. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we did. We did. And I've been spending the past like five minutes trying to find what our original draft was. Uh, because as it. always, here I am fully prepared with everything. And I'd even set it up to where I was going to be able to pick first. And I have no idea who I even wanted to take. Like I brought up this idea with like all these. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know upgrade my team and get rid of some loser that I don't want. Not a loser, he's a gator, but you know, just yeah, <laughs> do, do all that. And I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I'm ready, ish. <laughs> Why don't we do- uh, I don't know where you're going with it either. I don't even know what the idea is. I, we we have not fleshed this out at all. I mean, have- yeah. So for those who missed it, uh, we had a a. For the Gators draft, where we each took a couple players from each position, sort of just one at a time, like a fantasy draft, did it snake style, picked our teams for the year. There's no real point system. It's just a personal, hey, who we like, and I'm I'm assuming we'll have some sort of bragging rights deal, and we'll each talk about why our team is better than the others, and there will be no answer at the end, but we'll have fun along the way. And um, I don't know if we wanted to like, do a full recap or if we just wanted to kind of name a couple of guys that we missed out on. Do Maybe we should do that and kind of like hit on some guys we missed out on that we haven't picked yet. What do you guys think? Well, not for not for the podcast, but do you want me to send you my Excel sheet that has all the draftees and who's left out so far? And yeah, all righty, let me send that. Uh, do y'all have Discord up? Yeah. All right. Uh, I do not, but I've got my. I did it the old-fashioned way. I've got my paper. Okay, Zimmer. <laughs> Handwritten, yeah. color-coded, the old-school fantasy draft. All right. Okay, I just uploaded the Excel sheet. Sheet two is who we haven't drafted yet. Sheet three is the entire roster with, I guess, highlighted. You see who I like was calling out as big names. 
and then wow, she won't look at all these giveaways right here. Hell yeah! I know, I know. I'm seeing your secrets. <laughs> all right. Um, so the first name that jumps out to me is somebody who we didn't pick up, who at least like contributed in a meaningful way, would be uh, Chris Bogle. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was very. I'm going to be honest, Zeus. I was. Uh, I was very excited to get my two big names, but he, he probably would have been my next guy taken too. I was really shocked that he fell. And yeah. uh, I know we had a couple transfer dudes taken, but defensive tackles are not exciting. Chris Bogles are exciting. Um, yeah, I think he should have been drafted for sure. Yeah, um, Bogle, um, Jason Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was if you remember He's, just our guess at who would be CB two, and I guess we all got right. it kind of wrong, except for who picked up Avery Helm, and I guess that's not even a name you wanted to be right about after he kind of played. From behind I all game. because I was I was fairly I was very confident actually that he was going to be he was going to get the opportunity right away to to take it over and well um, you weren't wrong no and you know what maybe there's still hope for him they like him a lot but he he had some issues and he's got to work that out for sure uh, another name I see would be uh, Jeremiah Moon uh, I think that's kind of just same convo we just had about Chris Bogle except maybe from a little bit more of a stand up linebacker type position yeah, Bogle. I'd say Bogle would be probably in my mind he'd be a defensive lineman now I, I guess there's no reason he can't take him as a linebacker but right he, we had him listed under that OLB spot which we I think we had agreed we could go either way with mm-hmm. DL or I I suspect that throughout the year we're going to see that kind of rotate from game to game because there's so many dudes there who have that explosive ability you know, maybe this game it was Moon and Bogle, and then maybe next game it'll be, you know, whoever Cox and Uman Malin or whoever. Any offensive guys that we missed out on? Um, or did we just draft yeah, everybody? Uh, yeah, Rick Wells. We we chose not to take Doctor Rick. Do we want to talk about yes, we that? Yes, we do. Okay, I thought we might. I in fact pulled up that tweet in my preparation specifically for this reason. Why don't you read that tweet and kind of lay lay it out for people who might have missed it. Okay, so this is from Mark Long. He is our AP writer. Hmm. He he's a beat writer for the AP. He covers the Gators. I think he also covers the Jags, perhaps. I think he does. Possibly. Yeah. Um so he tweeted uh his contribution to the uh game analysis was it took Rick Wells like six years to do something other than shoot a BB gun. Word for word. <laughs> Which, okay, I don't, I will defend basically anything that is a good faith attempt at humor. Even if it comes across as offensive or comes across, you know, falls flat, I'll defend it. If somebody's trying to be funny, I'll defend the attempt. I don't even know what the joke was there. Like, was that an attempt at a joke? I think, I think, I mean, it really came across as, I want to mock this program. It is the type of tweet that you only see from Georgia fans and FSU fans about Florida. Like that is, that is a tweet that comes from rivals essentially in my mind. And it's not something you see from a person who covers the team, let alone an AP writer who's actually supposed to be, you know, a journalist and all that. But again, I'm with you. I'm all for humor, but it, I mean, it, it just, it seemed like genuine. I just want to mock this, this player in the team. It, it also just gives so much undue discredit to Rick Wells, who has been with this program for 
I mean, the joke is eight and a half years, seven years, six years, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, that, that is kind of funny. But he has been with this program for the, I think, maybe longer than anybody else. It, like, he is the oldest reigning Gator program player that we have at the moment. And he is stuck with us, despite the fact that it has been this long since he got a touchdown. Um, and to reduce that to remember that one time he shot a BB gun. I mean, like we have, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to reduce, reduce the conversation to what about isn't, but we have Ventral Miller, a team captain who was like involved in a credit card scandal, which is to say he moved past that. We think of him as a better person now to, to see Rick Wells finally walk across the stage. Finally. Uh, uh, I mean, he graduated this past fall or past spring. I believe he, he's a grad student with the program. He has been nothing but a team player and to go, ha, he'd be gone. Yeah. It basically, right. I, I don't, it's, it's definitely not at the same level, but it just, it feels like the equivalent type of joke, like, ha, Aaron Hernandez. Like, I'm just going to bring oh, up this really yeah. bad thing about the past. Right. Wait, are we yeah. supposed to bleep his name out? Do we, do we mention him yet? Well, we already bleeped out Dabo's. Ah, oh, shit, did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But it just, that, that's what it felt like. And I mean, I know there's a lot of beat writers that people are frustrated with, but I don't think any of the other guys that we have as beat writers would do that. Even the yeah. map. That, it, it strikes me as unprofessional. Like again, if that was a fan that had tweeted that, I wouldn't think twice about it. Even that if it was a Gator writer. fan, mm-hmm. but yeah, like what are you doing? Like this is, I don't, I don't know it. I was overjoyed for Rick Wells. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. And I, I really want to see him get the opportunity to continue, continue contributing this year. Because he's earned it. He's put in the work. He could have transferred out. He's a talented dude. He could have been contributing somewhere else, but he didn't because he wanted to be a Gator. So fuck you, Mark Long. You almost talked me into taking him as my as my pick because I have a pick to swap out, and <laughs> you've got me close. There. You got me thinking about it now. I had I had a thing in mind, and now I'm like, well, now what? Should but, we yeah. take that as a segue to talk about if we want to drop and swap out any players? I think we should. I, I see no reason why we can't just adjust this as we go. And then the fun part is, okay. is that we'll be able to look back and really have huge regrets about the the players that we picked out early as a uh, you know playmakers for the season that we dropped immediately. And then you know, just like real fantasy, where you're yeah. like, I'm giving up on this guy immediately, and then he turns out to be a stud like you'd originally thought. This is all for fun, anyways, right? Do we want yeah. to do one or one or two? Or is I that? See. Uh, I think I think uh, Zlat had jokingly offered a reversed uh, draft order to what we did uh, and then gave the uh, eye side, the sideways eye emoji. Uh, so did you want to go first slot? Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, it wasn't a joke, but at the same time, okay. it was. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I was, I was a little bit let down because I feel like there were two really obvious picks and I missed out on both. So, you know, I had, well, to, you get one of them. I didn't get to, I didn't get to scrap or scrape the bottom of the barrel there for the, for the original shot but i didn't get you know cox as my team name or elam who's the superstar so yeah by the way we didn't do team names maybe we'll we'll get into that later real failure on our parts all right so yeah we went over the players that are available and right now i'm a little back and forth uh again lots of planning right here i came into this with one guy in mind and i just it's hard for me to drop my dude for him man it really is hard uh Obviously, one of Zeus's uh, giveaway orange highlighted players. Um, dramatic pause. Oh, Long I'm ready. Dramatic pause. 
so are, we're able to take the uh, the linebacker in the linebacker spot if it's an outside linebacker, sure. even if we think he's going to do D line most sure, of the time. Go for it. Do what feels right. I got to do it. Uh, I, I think Hopper is going to be a dude. I don't think he's going to play enough to make it matter. So I'd rather swap it out for an actual pass rusher. And I'd be happy with either Moon or Bogle here. I think they both play a ton. But I'll go for the uh, the flash and the and the pomp and sizzle, and I'll go Chris Bogle, and I'll swap out Hopper for him. Okay. As my linebacker. Because fuck offense, I've only focused on defense for this. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I've, I'm considering doing a similar maneuver, dropping Uman Malin for uh, Moon and using Moon as a defensive lineman. Um, I don't know, though. I got to be honest. I, I'm not really feeling great about my Elijah Blades pick. Mm. And I think that might be the move. I like it. Did we have where where did that where did the list of the snap count go? <laughs> somebody yeah. somebody posted that in Discord a couple days ago. I will say, um, I'll, look, I'm going to be. I'll do. I'll do full disclosure here because I already missed out on the chance to get Marshall if I wanted him. Uh, I think Elijah Blades takes over more and more every game. I think he's. I think he's going to get a lot of play. I think we're going to yeah. on him as he starts to figure it out. That's the that's the tough thing about doing this right off the bat in week one is knowing like who is real because like, I mean, what didn't, didn't Jamarcus Weston lead the team <laughs> in receptions? Yeah. Another undrafted yeah, player? He was un- yeah. Jamarcus was un- undrafted and I had taken like Marcus Burke over him. And then I think to start off, he, he returned the opening kick. And then I think we threw to him two or three times in a row. And I'm just like, that's how we're going to start, huh? Which is great. I want him to play well, but yeah. It doesn't help out our, uh, our draft stock. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. So I think. Damn, I'm looking at the snap count now. Uh, Rethinking things. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave defense alone right now because I think there's options for further improvements later on down the road once things become a little bit more clear. Um, I'm going to drop Jaquavia and Frazier's and pick up Jamarcus Weston. Leaving my boy Rick Wells at the dry. He had a nice game, um, but I like. It depends on how much Emery plays because it seems like Emery really liked Weston. Um, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll drop Frazier's and add my 2020 breakout offensive player, Jamarcus Weston. There we go. You were just a year too early. Yeah, throwback mode. Uh, your offensive breakout player was Zipper. I don't know what you're talking about. We have it written down and everything. No, 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 no. 2020 breakout player guys i don't know how to break it to you but i didn't want i didn't listen to this podcast before i was on it <laughs> <laughs> no worries <laughs> um let's see hey what what is the poster behind you zeus which one that yep this, that side 1984 that one. the one the one with writing on it this one yeah that would be for uh Cendrillion. It isn't uh, a French. Is it a French opera? I don't know if it's French or Italian. I went to the opera. I didn't know what language it was in. I just felt cultured. Um, and nice. so I like looked up the poster for it and printed it out at Target Copy back when I was in college and then got like a $2 frame from Walmart. And then it has been a centerpiece of conversation of like, oh, wow, that's so fancy. I'm like, yeah, I don't really. It's I think it's Cinderella, but I don't know. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Even if you don't look up what it actually is, you should come up with a good story about what it is too. I mean, if it's if it's a huge focus point of t- conversation, you could really spice it up. Yeah. Theater National My... de l'Opera Comique. Mm-hmm. That I sounds speak, French. I speak French. Yeah. Tell uh, just tell people that like your ex lover was the star before she tragically took her own life in a horrible gasoline fight accident. <laughs> <laughs> what's really fucking funny is the reason i saw it was because my ex was in it <laughs> <laughs> fucking bastard <laughs> nailed it oh man anyways um sorry <laughs> no it's fine apologies <laughs> that's good it's very funny was um, your ex listen to this podcast Zeus? uh god i hope not wouldn't that be fun uh, oh boy um, let's see. You're so, gonna get attacked. I, I hope you do. Uh, I do too. Only because it'd be for good podcasting. I'm going to do the thing that I should probably have done earlier and drop Perkins and pick up Marshall. Um, I, That's you know, yeah. I was trying to big brain it to figure out who played more of that CB2 position. I, I could see Perkins taking over more of it, especially if Helm doesn't do well, but. Marshall played enough that I I feel confident he's going to see a, a significant amount of playing time. And if I'm trying to big brain it myself, I feel like they'll throw to him over Elam. And I think he'll have the opportunity. Like, I think he'll be out there enough to shine because they're going to throw at him um, and he's going to do well, but not out there enough that he's going to get exposed for being a freshman. For what it's worth, uh, I think Perkins got quite a bit of playing time at Star. Right. If I recall yeah, he correctly. He and Trevez, I think, kind of split the time, or they were they were both on the field a lot, I saw, at least. Which, if you're thinking of it from the perspective of a fantasy draft of the players, I wouldn't want to touch anybody playing the Star position. They end up using, like, unless, un- unless your name is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and or C.D. Deuce, um, you generally don't look good playing that position for this team. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we're sticking with one. We'll keep it real simple. Sure. Yeah, I, I would have others I'd consider, but I'm fine stopping right there. I have plenty Alrighty. of time to, to make an adjustment later if I need. And it's All a position right. either of you will touch, so I'm good there. <laughs> I'm good. I, I, I guess I should say this. Uh, we, we all missed the chance, skipped the chance to swap Emory Jones for AR. Oh, shit. Well, there's still yeah. Time. yeah, there's still time. I don't think any of us thought of it either until just now. Is there still time? Mm. Let's save that for next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to save it for next week. If I'm being honest, I think I would I still mean, save still it for time, next Still week. time this season, I mean. Yeah, like yeah. we, can, we yeah. can always change it later. I feel like, though, to pull that move, you got to do it before it happens. Otherwise, yeah, yeah that's true. So let's, put, that, that let's, do, let's say this. You have cut to pick off now. No, I see. I say that we have to do it before this week because I feel like we may or may not know after USF. All right. Yeah, it's off the table after this. Barring injury, since you since you got that stupid ass rule. Shit. Are you doing it? Make the move. No, I think that Emory's the starter throughout the rest of the season. Whoa, that was a lot of commitment for me. God, I don't know. Heavy. I'm such an indecisive person. This is the worst. You you guys have no idea how much of a nightmare this is for me. Go. I'm ready to make my move if you want me to go, but I don't know if it'll help you at all. All right, go for it. I'm switching. Oh, AR train. AR train. I'm on it. 
Okay. Okay. I saw enough. I'm in. So if you don't think, just go. It's library card time. Okay. You guys have never seen the you're library gonna leave, card. You're going to leave this decision up to a library card? You're going to put this a chance? This is this is the library card of destiny, my friends. It's a heavy load on the library card. It might shatter. All right. Heads, Emery. Tails, AR. Let's do this. You're going to be so disappointed with whatever happens here. <laughs> We're switching it up. Oh, We're going boy. with AR. All right. All right, we have one. This this is like whose line is it anyway? The points are made up and they don't matter. So yeah, let's just do this. Okay, I'm gonna look so big brained when when Emery wins the Heisman, like we were saying in the preseason, and I still believe. Still believe. (laughs) All right, so I guess are we are we done with with that? Yeah, I think that's enough. That was fun. Um, Okay, culture corner. Um, We already touched on French opera, so I feel like we're. Off and running on that. Pretty goddamn cultured for that's us. A good, yeah, that's a good start right there. Um, did I tell you all I was doing a Breaking Bad rewatch? Yeah, I think you did with with the wife who's watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're up to uh, to season five now. So that's that's always exciting. You know, just yeah. I always forget it just keeps getting better and better too. Yeah, good ass show. Um, I don't even know. I feel I've like watched I've a been, lot of football. I've been so focused on football. I don't think I've been cultured. I think I think my culture corner yeah. has been stolen by football because yeah, I, I watched a couple of just basic shows. Like I, I think I, I'm caught up on Bachelor in Paradise. For those who don't know, I do I do watch the Bachelor series. Um, that's not worth getting into on this podcast. You have to know your audience, and I understand that. But uh, yeah, besides that, if, I've been working in football, and that's it. If you are interested in listening to Zlat talk about Bachelor in Paradise, please listen to his other podcast, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. (laughs) (laughs) Available Uh, on iTunes and every other place that podcasts are. I will say that one is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Of course. Does AdamandEve.com still exist? One second. I remember that was a big thing like 10 years ago. Adam and Eve Company. Oh. The whole Wikipedia article. We're well, really getting cultured now. Adamandeve.com. It kind of seems like Amazon would have just killed them off. Shopper. I don't see Adam and Eve. Maybe it's only on the dark web. Is it bad that I don't, I don't even know what it is? Like, I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it actually... We'll tell you when you're older. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually did watch something this week. I started um, Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it is the Hulu show. It's kind of part comedy, part murder mystery with uh, Martin Short, Steve. Uh, 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 I almost said Steve Carell. Coogan? Yeah. Coogan? No, not Steve Coogan. Steve Martin. Um, I remember it's uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short. So Steve Martin Short is their, ah, okay. is their yeah, gotcha. uh, dream team name. Uh, and then Selena Gomez. Um I will say that I've enjoyed it pretty well, pretty good so far. I think it's pretty, pretty engaging, pretty fun. I think there's three episodes out at the time of recording this, if not maybe the fourth. And I will see that say there is a little bit of Selena Gomez side boob in episode one. And if nothing else, it was worth it for that. Um, you said that was on Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Cool. Um, what I what a football. Um. Okay, so yesterday I um, I had been contemplating a rewatch of The Wire for a while, mm. and then the news of um, Michael K. Williams is that his name? 
No, it's Omar. The guy who played, yeah, um, died. He passed away yesterday, um, which is very sad. And so I rewatched the first two episodes of The Wire last night. It's still excellent. That's pretty much it. Uh, oh, uh, Shane Gillis, he's a comedian. He had some controversy a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, his stand-up special came out on YouTube today. Check it out. It was pretty funny. He has, he actually, he played very briefly. He played college football. Um, he went to Army and lasted two weeks and decided that he wanted to go back home to be with mommy and daddy. <laughs> and then uh, he spent a year at Elon and then he dropped out. Um, Living the dream. But he, he, he has like a 247 profile and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, and anyway, in his stand up special that just came out, there is like a five minute chunk about Alabama football and college football in general. That was pretty funny. Yeah, be worth listening to. It was from the class um, of 2006. Just, and I, I just thought of one other thing that I did that was uh, culturally relevant, or at least partially did. What's that? I listened to a few of the songs from Kanye's new album. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't normally do stuff like that. And I don't have, like, I don't pay for Spotify premium, so I don't know if, like, the whole album's on there and you can just listen to it straight through. Is that a thing? If you like have a Spotify account or something, anybody know? Yeah, I have no. I don't know. You could, you can do that on YouTube or on YouTube. I could listen to it because yeah. I got to the mm-hmm. point where I put it on yeah. Spotify and it was play, it played a few of the songs and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm listening to all these and then it just started doing other random songs that were similar from similar artists and I couldn't right. get back to it. Wouldn't let me skip. wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I heard that song, but the songs that I did hear. I got to say, I wasn't overly impressed. So I'm, I'm going to try and give it a full chance, though, to listen to. I'd like to listen to just the album straight through as, as it was intended. Uh, I don't know if that matters or not. I think people who don't if do that not, for their first listen are kind of like uh, anti-establishmentarianisms. Ooh, that's almost the right word. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. There you go. Yeah. Wait, but that would that's mean you're anti-disestablishmentarianism. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yeah. I've parsed this before. I can't remember which one means which. Maybe Zlat is high. I don't know. You both start kind of high. <laughs> no, you um, boo. Yeah, I, I like the Kanye album, but I'm like one of those people where he could shit on a CD and like hand it to me and I'd be like, oh my God. I understand. Of there's, there's, a, there's a thing where there's a benefit of the doubt where you have, you've built their whole collection yeah. essentially and you add it to that and no matter what it is i, I get it i get it but I'll, I'll give it a full chance i was unimpressed but that's through like six random songs too so we'll, uh, we'll see what say, the whole thing is i'll say i listened to the whole thing and i was kind of bored the middle drags quite a bit mm. like there's there's about 20 minutes of fluff on that album that could easily be cut out but i enjoyed it in general, but I did, it's not on the Mount Rushmore of Kanye albums for me. Culture. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's it. Um, Is that all we got? We want. I, I don't I think, think so. there's any really good games coming up this week that we could even touch. I know we're not doing really picks or anything like that, but it's kind of a week, 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 week. Oregon, yeah. Ohio State is this weekend. I think that's going to be a blowout. Like, a, yeah, blowout. I suspect anybody anybody I think differently as much. Yeah. Nope. Oregon's going to just slaughter them. No, no. It's yeah. <laughs> and it'll be a blowout. Miami and App State 
Who's this Ooh. weekend? <laughs> Miami's favored by nine. Only if, by nine? Um, yeah. If Miami drops this, is there any chance they'd be Michigan State the week afterwards? They're talented enough to, and I feel at that point it's going to be know. a motivation factor. Like they will be uber motivated or they will not care anymore. Season done. They've kind of been a little chaotic at times under Diaz. Like that year that the year that they almost beat us, they lost to two G five teams that same year. And didn't they also like blow the fuck out of Florida state? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So like kind of all call kind of all over the place. That will be uh, something to watch either way, but just interesting, I guess. Um, I'm excited for Kentucky Mizzou. Is that really exciting, or is that just try? Like, are you being serious? Or I mean, you can't. I'm a sicko. I'm I'm a sick man. Real sicko shit. Um, but yes, I am actually. That's I mean, that's like we're finding out right here, right off the bat, who the third place team in the East is going to be, right at the beginning of the year. Vanderbilt. I'm on Kentucky. I'm on the Kentucky hype train this year. I think they're pretty good. They looked good. I watched quite a bit of their game on Saturday. Do we think Mark Stoops has gone after this year if they play well? I think I think he goes if he gets a good offer. Like he's probably just yeah. It depends more. on the job. Like he'll like find LSU. the perfect offer that that could open up, and maybe that's what he wants. But it's going to be like it'll have to be a big enough program in kind of the right area for him. And yeah, I think yeah. he'll go. But it's just more of a timing thing than it is like oh he's like. People are finally interested. I think they're interested. He's just waiting for the right one. Right. Penn State, if the James Franklin to USC domino ever falls, I could see him at Penn State. Where's he, where are the Stoops from? Are they center of the country? Youngstown. Is that they're from Youngstown in that region? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Are we done here? I think we're done. We're wrapping up. Everybody's like, we're, we're we're exhausted after this weekend. I think we had five or six days of college football straight. It's been a crazy start. Yeah. Lots more to come. I need a cigarette. I don't smoke. <laughs> so if we're waiting for you to wrap it up. We're stalling. Please. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I just thought of something. Just thought of something. Oh, shit. Okay. Totally serious here. Totally serious here. Uh, quick, quick thought. That that whole Gator Collective thing. Yes. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right. Knew there was something else. I even wrote it down. Damn. Like, yep. There's no way people are going to listen all the way through that just awkward pause of everything. No. God, We're, dude. We like, got some. We got some editing to do. Or people are true troopers. If you've made it this far, and if you are a trooper like that, and you have ever at any point, if you're one of the three people that has thought, "Hey, these guys are interesting. I'd like to give them some money." Um. I doubt many people have thought that, but if by chance you are, forget that. We don't want your money. But you know who does want your money? The players. And honestly, I'm sure there's going to be more avenues for this. But so far, the best thing that I've seen set up, just from my experience of following recruiting and the Gators program in general, and just following these guys on Twitter and just kind of seeing how they've built it, and it ain't perfect. It's not. But the best thing I've seen set up is that Gator Collective that's been – thrown around everywhere on all the pay sites and everything. So if you have uh, a few extra bucks to throw somewhere, forget us. We don't want it. Uh, the players want it. We want good crew. We want a bag fund. I think that's kind of our, I don't know if I can officially say that or not, but I'm not part of it at all. So I can say that right now. So, you know, it's only fans for Florida football players. Yeah. In a way, pretty close to that. And if you're wondering mm-hmm. like 
for from a recruiting perspective, if you're like, hey, these are going to current players, what do I care about that? I want to sign the five stars. Like, how do you think you get those five stars? Do you think they're going to come to the school that's not paying their current players? Like, they're going to look and see, okay, well, what's Elam doing? Is uh, is Anthony Richardson making money? If he's not, why am I going to go there? I'm not going to make money if I go there. So, uh, even if even if it's more of a, we just need to keep up. We got to keep up too. So, that's. Um, I'm hoping that takes off, uh, whether it's that particular one or just the entire concept of it. But that one seems good so far. I like it. I like the idea so far. Yeah. Yep. If you have ever complained about our boosters not dropping bags, here's your chance. Now is the time. Now is the time to be yeah. a part of the solution. It is. And you and I mean you don't have to put much. You can put just a few bucks each month towards it. And honestly, it's not even just like the the poor college kid on Reddit I'm talking to, which I know that maybe some of our listeners are like that. But the people who are major Gator fans who are spending 10, 20 bucks a month on these subscription Gator sites and they're on there bitching, I get it. There's a reason to bitch, but you've clearly got the extra money. So this is a chance to put, it where, where, put your money where your mouth is. And uh, it's not even like you're taking a huge risk here. It's like a few dollars. Sign up. See where it takes us. So that's my thought on it. Agreed. Well said. I'm just going to keep DMing Jacob Copeland feet picks until he responds. <laughs> it has a value somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I, was, I, I put myself out there with a joke and nobody <laughs> caught me. It was a trust fall that was not that was not reciprocated. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but I thought it would be funnier to just do a deadpan <laughs> to reaction. Let me, to let me dang <laughs> that was an emotional Anthony Richardson stiff arm. <laughs> yeah, you just got faced. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's wrap up. All right. All right. Review it. Review it. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Our conflicts till the great day may shall not prevent our victory if we but strive and watch and pray like soldiers in the good old way. But I have a sweet hope and glory in this night. I have a sweet hope and glory in this night. But I know I am, and I feel I have a sweet hope of glory in my soul. Though Satan may his powers employ our Yet never fear we'll gain the day by marching in the good old way. For I have a sweet hope and glory in this song. I have a sweet hope and glory in this song. For I know I am, and I feel I am a sweet hope.